Hi, Insiders. Welcome back to a new episode of Disney Movie Insiders Presents, where we're going under the sea with Disney's The Little Mermaid. This live-action reimagining of the studio's Oscar-winning animated musical classic opens this Friday, and we couldn't be more excited. The Little Mermaid is the beloved story of Ariel, a beautiful and spirited young mermaid with a thirst for adventure. The youngest of King Triton's daughters, Ariel longs to find out more about the world beyond the sea, and while visiting the surface, falls for the dashing Prince Eric. While mermaids are forbidden to interact with humans, Ariel must follow her heart. She makes a deal with the evil sea witch Ursula, which gives her a chance to experience life on land, but ultimately places her life and her father's crown in jeopardy. The Little Mermaid is one of my all-time favorite Disney movies, and it was so special to watch this story come to life again in theaters with an incredible cast and amazing songs. First, we are talking to the voices behind Scuttle and Flounder, Aquafina and Jacob Tremblay. Welcome both. Thank you. Thanks. All right, you guys have both been in the Disney family for a while now. How does it feel mm-hmm. to be back, and in this time, in the classic story of Little Mermaid? It feels great because obviously this film has been such a big part of my childhood and such a big part of others' childhood. So it's really cool to be a part of this project. And obviously just the filming process too was was just so much fun. Like, honestly, this this movie really doesn't seem like work. It just seems like we were just having fun and just playing. Yeah. That's so cool. Um, so one of my personal favorite scenes and I was most excited about was Kiss the Girl. And I was just curious, you know, what was it like filming that scene together? Was there any funny moments that happened? Mm-hmm. It was that was really it was really cool. I mean, it, I remember that day it was it, it felt a little nuts that we were there because I I feel like, we, we, you know, we're just like taking it all in. But Rob had set up this like kind of rehearsal space where we were able to see how it was choreographed and how um, like the sequence would go on the day. And he really wanted us to see where local like spatially we'd be. Um, mm. which is a really cool thing. Um, <clears throat> and I remember we were working with puppets of, of ourselves and, uh, they, they, I remember just the three of us like sitting on the, on the rowboat when it comes <laughs> up and seeing like the puppets there and we're, and we're just like awkwardly around a corner, like, okay. And this is where my, my line would come in, obviously. Uh, but, like, it, it was like so helpful and cool. And like what you said, it's, it felt like play, you know, it's just like fun. Yeah. That's so fun. And obviously knowing that you guys are both kind of CG characters in this film, can you speak a little bit more what the filming process was like? You know, you kind of alluded to puppets. Is that how a lot of the scenes were filmed? Yeah, yeah. No, it it really was like that. I mean, what they pretty much had on set was like these styrofoam rocks, because it was a scene with rocks, just anything like that. They pretty much had it set up with this carved styrofoam, right? Um, Okay. It was really cool to kind of I guess, close your eyes and imagine that. And that just really goes to show how how creative Rob Marshall is. I mean, he's genuinely mm. such a genius. And while it's all just like this white styrofoam, he was really able to just imagine like such a beautiful, beautiful scene. And it just shows how powerful his mind was. Yeah. And the technology is also, it's it's so cool and and how we're, it, it, it works, you, our, our performances into what, what mm. was, was created, um, which probably was not an easy feat to do yeah definitely that's so awesome it would be so cool to see um okay i have one final question for you guys who do you think is a better friend to ariel scuttle or flounder flounder Flounder, i would say well i would say scuttle's (laughs) great but she tends to kind of twist information a little bit it it would seem that Mm. but 
Flounder's great because he's like, he's very loyal and, and lovable. Scuttle's like the fr- the friend that you end up with after like you guys get into a fight, and then like th- and then like she regrets that you guys got even got into a fight. She's like, you know what? No, I can't do this anymore <laughs> because and then you and then you like have to go back to Flounder to apologize. Yeah, like, can't deal with her. Anymore. And Flounder does have the upper hand, right? Because he is under the ocean with her for most that of it, true. so they, they have more time to bond. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> well, thank you so much, you guys. It was so nice to meet you. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. Bye. <laughs> And now we are welcoming back to the podcast, the Disney legend behind the music of The Little Mermaid, Alan Menken. Welcome, Alan. Thank you. The Little Mermaid is one of the most iconic Disney soundtracks. How does it feel bringing these songs in for the new film? Feels great. You know, I, I, I always, when I do that, I want to give each song, you know, a, a change in arrangement or so, just something to keep, make sure I keep it fresh and, and a new experience for people who have heard them before. Um, and it's always a wonderful challenge and a wonderful experience having something translated into a new form. Definitely. It's so fun to, I was loving singing along to all the songs, but hearing the subtle changes. So it's so great. And speaking of the newness, tell us about the uh, the three new songs in the film. Well, I have three new songs that I wrote with Lin-Manuel Miranda as, as writing lyrics and but even just you know music and lyrics, but still, you know, we both influence each other in terms of both music and lyrics mm-hmm. together. So it's a marriage of two styles. Uh, we have a new song for Prince Eric, where he's he's been told you can't go out to the sea; it's, it's too dangerous. And he, he rebels against that. He, he longs to know this woman who saved his life. But also, it's a love song, not only to her, but also to to the ocean and to the uncharted mm. waters that are ahead of him. Um, and that's a very important new theme for the movie. Then there's a, a song called For the First Time, which is when Ariel is finally on land as a human, but she has no voice, and so she's singing in her head and reacting to all these new moments. Mm. And then there's a song called Scuttlebutt, which is a, a delightful song sung by Scuttle and, and, uh, and Sebastian. And it's when Scuttle thinks she's figured out that the prince is, is going to propose to, to uh, Ariel. In actuality, of course, it, that's not the case. But Scuttle's right. all excited about this. And I gave Lynn this, this kind of Caribbean piece of music, and he kind of rapped over it. And it's just amazing it's delicious song that was one of my favorites as well i just thought it was so fun and you know speaking of styles i felt like you really could feel lynn in that song yeah i know how did that work how did that work as you guys were combining styles were you kind of riffing off of each other just giving each other example pieces of what yeah i I might give him a piece of music he comes back with a lyric i i I may give him a piece of music and he say oh can we maybe have, have the feel go a little bit like this. Okay, let's do that. And then discuss the structure of the song. Uh-huh. Um, you know, and we give each other reactions and notes. And But, it, but we're both very quick writers. And so in, in pretty short order, we had these three songs. That's so awesome. How do you feel that the original music influenced the new songs? Because obviously, you know, you want to make sure that they all tie together. Was there a specific process as you were looking well, at that? Yes. I mean, you know, you're drawing on a palette that has, you know, a number of colors in it. With Wild Uncharted Waters, first of all, Ariel's uh, uh, is built into the song, uh, you know, against 
you know, the, the actual melody of all, all, all I ever wanted is the ocean sea and da 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 da. Um, and, and again, it has a moving figure that is kind of like the roiling of the oceans in it. Mm. Um, for the first time was actually a variation on a piece of music that was in the original underscore of the animated movie. And then yes. we changed the feel of it. Lynn suggested a kind of a change of feel. And then we wrote, wrote the lyrics to that. So again, there's the combining and the, and the discussion beforehand. And then with Scuttlebutt, that was just the souffle that almost popped out <laughs> of nowhere. Um, but it, in its feel, it still came out of a Caribbean kind of feel, that very rhythmic mm-hmm. bass in the, in the under-the-sea kind of world. Um, and, you know, you feel in your gut, this feels too far, this feels, this feels just right, you know, and that's kind of what you need to do. I love that analogy of the rolling tides in the music that kind of ties in with that song. Because now that I think about it, you're so right. I can totally picture that in my head of looking at the the film footage. That's that's really cool. I'm I'm so curious too. In terms of you know chicken and egg, what comes first, the script or the music? Obviously, the music is so important in a film like this. Were you setting out to write specifically three new songs to kind of slot into the film? No. Well, no. What comes first? No. The film doesn't come first. Yes, definitely. David McGee's script was the first uh, element with sure. the choice of songs that, from the original that that Rob felt um, he wanted to keep in. Then came the songs after discussions about, you know, what would be the song moment. You want to pick a, a moment where a character starts from one place and progresses to mm-hmm. another. Um, so you pick your spots, you pick the tone, you look at where it is in the sequence of songs, discuss the type of song it needs to be to, to fit into the rest of the score. So you can have, you know, discussions for hours, and then, you know, sometimes the song can take, you know, much shorter than that to write. Because <laughs> the discussion right. has to be, you want to really understand what the assignment is. That definitely makes sense. In terms of memories, you know, this is films from 1989, the original. Was there anything for you that kind of came back or was brought to the surface as you were working on this new film? Well, there's always a thought of Howard Ashman. It's always, you know, my, my late collaborator, who is the main creator of this, the tone and, and concept behind this adaptation of Little Mermaid, along with John Musker and Ron Clements, of course. But... Mm-hmm. Um, Howard was such a powerful collaborator. So I think about him. You know, anytime I hear uh, Under the Sea, I will think about the moment we wrote it, you know, and the, the loss of, of him. Um, and, and part of your world, Under the Sea, you name it. Um, yeah, there's a lot of moments that, that stick out for me. You know, writing the original score. The original score is a very naive it was my very, very first film score, very simple, very naive. And then mm. those elements now are in a, a more live-action kind of score, um, more textured, more complex, but those simple elements are, full, are, are sort of paid tribute to by the score that's there now. Um, so it's all embedded in the current film, um, and, and and every one of those moments bring back memories for me about when I created them. 
Oh, that's so special. I I love that. And it really shows how much this this film meets you. It was your first score. So getting to come back and add it in layers, that's that's so exciting. Yeah. When I first was scoring this, I I didn't know if I'd keep the job. I thought maybe, you know. Really? What, yeah. I, I went to the first session. The first cue we did was intro aerial, where she pops up behind the rock and then goes to the ship. And uh-huh. I, I had never written a, 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 a score, a cue like that. I, I was just learning how to write underscore. And I remember going to the session and the orchestra starts playing and I go, oh no, oh no, it's terrible. Oh no, oh no, what am <laughs> oh, I gonna no. do? And they were sight reading, that's what, all it was. But I, I saw Howard and the directors leaning over a table. I thought, oh no, they're trying to figure out how to tell me I'm fired, oh no. And then, <laughs> and I'm, I, I, you know, I don't know what to think. And then Howard walks back to me and I go, I know, I know, he says, look, I go, uh-oh. When Ariel picks her head up behind the rock, can we have a little accent there? I said, oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> that's it? That's it? <laughs> oh. <laughs> I still okay, have the yeah, job. Sure, we can do that. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, it's, um, it's yeah, I, of course I care deeply about it. These these are my children, yeah, and they, and they, they mean an enormous amount to me. Well, Alan, thank you so much for joining us today. We're so excited for the fans to see this new film. And thank you so much for your time. Thank you. And now joining us is someone within the Disney Movie Insider family. Amy, welcome to the podcast. (laughs) Thank you so much. So happy to be here. (laughs) Wonderful. Well, tell us a little bit about yourself. What do you do at Disney? So I am on the Disney Movie Insiders team, as you mentioned, and I've done several things with the team, uh, but most recently, I produced this podcast. So it is a thrill to be here for the Insider Five and to talk to you. Of course. Wonderful. We're so excited to have you on the podcast today. And I know that running is a huge part of your life. And I want to tell our fans a little bit more about that. What's a favorite race that you've run recently? Oh, uh, tough. Tough question. There's so many fun ones, but I think I know the one you're alluding to. I just most recently ran the famous Potato Marathon. Oh, my gosh. with... The Spuddy Buddy potato mascot at the end, a hot potato bar at the finish line. It it was great. And uh, it was also a very scenic course. But yes, I run a lot. I'm involved with the Disney Triathlon team, who's fantastic. And we fundraise a lot of money for Children's Hospital Los Angeles. That's so cool. Yeah, it's great. Such a great community of people. And it's just fun to be out there with them. I love train. that. Oh, amazing. All right, Amy. Well, here's a question you've heard a time or two. Are you ready to take on the Insider Five? I am so ready. All right, let's do it. What is your earliest memory of being a Disney fan? Okay, so the movie I watched over and over as a kid was the animated 1951 Alice in Wonderland. Oh my gosh. I dressed up as her for Halloween. (gasps) That was a must ride when I went to Disneyland with my family. Anytime the movie came on the Disney Channel, I had to sit down and watch it. And so that's my movie. I love that. That's one of my favorites as well. It's so good. Okay. Well, we've kind of alluded to this, but maybe your answer has changed. If you could only ride one ride all day at a Disney park, which would it be? So this is a fun one to finally answer because after producing this podcast for two and a half years, you've heard everything and you've learned and I've learned like, yes, you would need sunscreen if you were outside all day. True. You might get thirsty. And so I really try to put this into what I'm thinking. 
but it's going to be soaring over California. Ooh. Middle section, front row. <gasps> Excellent answer. Oh <laughs> if my. I get to choose, <laughs> that's where I, yeah. I love that. Oh, that's such a great answer. Uh, people, not a lot of people use that one. I don't, I don't think so, because I feel like we would have had the debate. Do you go soaring over California or soaring over the world? world. Oh. That was a tough choice, too, but being from California, you know. Excellent, excellent choice. I love that one. It's always so fun. So fun. And air-conditioned. <laughs> and air-conditioned. <laughs> key in California. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. It's Disney karaoke night. What song are you singing? I cannot sing, so I would never sing. But if I could, and because this is the Little Mermaid episode, it would be a part of the world. I am not Jody. I am not Hallie. (laughs) But maybe one day. But you are Amy singing a part of your world to the best of your abilities. That's one of my favorites, too. It's so good. So great. So great. All right. You're invited to a Disney-themed costume party. Who or what do you dress as? Intense. So, as you know, actually, you set me up for this one, so this is perfect with the running question. Uh, I usually like to wear sneakers and like spandexy running clothes, uh-huh. be comfy. And so, my choice was Barbie from Toy Story. <gasps> oh my god, that's such a good one! Spandex, leg warmers, ponytail. I think that is me daily. That's true. And I'd be so comfortable at would, that party. Would, would you go around being like, hi, I'm tour guide Barbie? Yes. Now I would. (laughs) All right. Last question. Which Disney character has the best life advice and what is it? All right. So going back to my movie, Alice in Wonderland, I'm going with the doorknob. Nothing's impossible. Oh, I love that. That's so good. I just always loved that one. And so I try to tell myself that. You know, daily, as things pop up, that nothing's impossible. That's so sweet. I love that. Well, Thank you. Amy, it was so great to get to interview you for the podcast. This was so much fun. Uh, thank you so much for taking on the Insider Five. I am so happy to be here with you. Thank you. That's our show. See The Little Mermaid in theaters this Friday, May 26th. So you don't miss any upcoming podcast episodes, subscribe and follow Disney Movie Insiders Presents. And while you're there, we'd love if you gave us a rating and review. Visit DisneyMovieInsiders.com or our app and enter bonus code Grimsby. The code expires June 6, 2023 at 11.59 p.m. Pacific time. Membership is required. Limit one redemption per account. Visit DisneyMovieInsiders.com for terms and conditions. We'll catch you next time, Insiders, with more Disney Movie Magic.